Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Craw and today I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Gordon Parks and excellent Michael Gannon. Guys, how are you? Feeling better. <laughs> I very rarely called excellent at anything I do, so that's a, that's a pleasant um, surprise to start with. Just thought I'd start, I'm trying to start the Monday morning off nice and bright, nice and bubbly. Yeah, I've been called a lot worse than that. <laughs> um, right, guys, only place for us to start really is Tanadice yesterday. Um, Celtic came into a game that I thought after the, the Hearts win in midweek, um, I, th- I was worried about the kind of strength and depth in the squad. Uh, I thought they looked really tired in the closing stage against Hearts. But Gordon, they came out Celtic flying and it was a, I mean, the first half in particular, it was, you know, insanely dominant. I, I don't think I've seen a, a more comprehensive display. I don't think I've seen a more dominant word. Daniel, they were fantastic from the off. They rattled through the gears quickly, dominated the ball. Daniel were really poor, you have to be honest about that. But do you know that kind of intensity they played with? The fact that the momentum pushing forward. They swarmed they swamped United, they swarmed around them. United couldn't cope. Celtic could have scored more. A really top class performance. Difficult venue traditionally, but sadly for United, that seems to be a thing of the past. I thought they were I thought they were Really, there was a real dominance and assurance there. Was, we'll speak later about the French players that stepped up forward. Guys are coming and making and chipping in, making a contribution. Everything was good about it. And Michael, obviously, I think in, uh, after Roderick's goal, we've got an early contender for for goal of the season. Oh, it was uh, a bit of magic, wasn't it? It was. Um... He was kind of slalom through defenders. It was like we brought you up too young, but you know, Max Clamour. Is it Hans Klammer part of it back in the Hans ski Sunday? Yeah. Um, back, back in it was the it was the Canio West, wasn't it? A Petodre. It, it was uh, it was a bit special, wasn't it? Um, he was he was absolutely outstanding all afternoon. Um, just strong, strong and powerful, but with these with the great footwork that he's always had, taking the ball in tight areas, um, taking for three, four defenders at the game every time we get the ball. It was just absolutely exceptional, but so were Celtic. I think, like like yourself, Daniel, I thought that might have been a bit of a bit of a banana skin. Um, going up there, hectic schedule. Daniel haven't been great in recent weeks, mind you, but they've still had a good start to the season. Let's not forget. Um, it looked like a, a potentially treacherous trip. And it became a total breeze. Um, the first the first half in particular, I, I don't think Daniel managed to get out their half. I, mean, I think I think there was a moment when a back pass that, that Joe Hart um, had a little bit of a hairy moment with, which he does now and again, just to make things interesting. Um, and apart from that, I don't think they crossed the halfway line. It was an absolute batter. Um, Celtic, 3-0 was, was the very worst scoreline Celtic could get out of there with on Sunday. I mean, it was an absolute hammering. Um, I don't think double that would have been, would have been unjustified. 
Kyogo should have had a hat trick. Missed, he missed two or three sitters. Did Turnbull miss one? I don't know how he missed it. Yeah. Um, a bad McCorn missed a sitter as well. Um, there was a, 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 so many chances. I think he had 26 uh, attempts in goal. Um, I think 11 or 12 on target. That's serious numbers. Um, at a time of the season when it does get it's harder, it's a grind. It was a, a really kind of uh, impressive display going there and getting three points with it, with um, with that kind of performance as well. So it was really positive. And again, and against the team that's, that's fourth in the in the Premiership, Dundee United have looked really good all season under Tam Coates. But the one thing that aside from Roger's goal that jumped out at me was the um, the tackle from from Callum Butcher on um, on David Turnbull. Gordon, it was an absolute shocker. I've no idea how we only get a yellow card. The problem I've got with the tackle is. Not the fact he didn't get a red card because, okay, the referee, the Celtic fans will say it should have been a straight red. Of course it should have been. This is a player that commits that kind of crime frequently. I've seen him do it before. There's a reckless disregard for player safety. It's not about David Turnbull, who's been out for a long time, who missed a year and a half at least of his career. It threatened to derail his career entirely. There was scant disregard for his, for his safety. It was one of those challenges that you go in to cause damage. And I think... A retrospective look at it is required because you're talking about a player who's behaving like a thug. That was a shocker. Uh, I don't like him as a footballer. I don't think he brings much to the party. Uh, I think he's in the team for one specific role and he's he's, he's crossing the line. Uh, I would like to see him hammered for that because he's just come back for a red card. Again, that he did something else. It was maybe a statement to the kind of man that he is. Uh, I won't go into details, but you know what I'm talking about. I just don't think that there's place for that kind of scant disregard. There's a respect that players should have for each other, and it doesn't appear to have that. Would well, you make strong words? But there's, there's not really many ways you can interpret a tackle like that. I, I'm not quite in the same page as Patsy. Uh, I actually you think that threw somebody with your studs up through somebody's shin. No, it was a shocker. It was I'm, an absolute listen, my, my career as a footballer get uh, severely hampered by a similar challenge. So you are, too, you are too fast for these guys, parts. Your your feet were put too quick. You go out of the way quickly. Did there, Daniel? No, listen. I I think I think he yeah, actually just I think Bridges just after the game. I think United needed a bit of bite in that middle of the park, yeah. um, which we really lacked in that first half. Um, however, he went way over the top. I mean, it was a a, a shocking tackle. My big concern is it's happened right on the touchline next to fourth official. Fourth official probably jumped at the way of it. I mean, the referee's behind it about 15 yards away. The linesman's there as well. You're thinking, between the, the three of them, is somebody not realising that's a shocker? It's a red card. It's, Mate, yeah, there's, an angle, there's an angle where it looks as if Turnbull's actually followed through and butcher. I'll be honest with you, right? we were sitting above it in the press box and it, it, at real time from where we were, it, it looked a late one but didn't look vicious. It's not to see it in the camera, but also we're we're fifty yards up in the uh, up in the gods. The, the officials are within five and 10, 15 yards. And it's another one of these things that listen. Scottish football officials are uh, listen. I don't like just piling into them because they have a bad week in general, right? But these guys are pretty well paid for a part time job. They're well paid. I, I guarantee you, and the referee on on Sunday at Tannadice would have been on a bigger salary that day than some of the players that played for United on Sunday. Eleven hundred pounds. Well, that's what I'm saying, Parsi. There were guys in that park who were earning, earning less than the referee. Is it too much to expect them to do their job properly, i.e., officiating within the rules and protecting players? And that's not what not what's happening. 
They're getting decisions wrong, left, right, and centre. And listen, they all get they all go boo-hoo and all that stuff when they get a hard time for missing these things out. Players get battered week in, week out for bad performances. Pass is just absolutely visited Callum Butcher. That's what you get for he stepped out of line, he gets battered. The referees don't like getting criticised and they say, oh, it's, it's picking on us and all that stuff. But going to just get decisions right. That's a, that's a pretty straightforward one. The fourth official, who, by the way, is the definition of money for nothing, it looks like, is sitting right in that area, picking up a wage for telling guys to sit down in five minutes and hold up the board, saying three minutes. I mean, my God, you could train a, a chimpanzee to do that. Mick, but you can't tell the referee, by the way, that's a shocking challenge, going to deal with it. 100%. The what safety, is that about? Player safety is paramount. Fourth official, an intervention was... Re- otherwise, these functions... Redundant, you're right. He's just oh, doing. They must, must look at the He's got to assist his colleague. He clearly sees it. Do your job. Again, players, player, come back to it. Player safety, that's a career threatening challenge. There's no other two ways to look at it. If you're prepared as a footballer to go and commit a challenge like that, take what's coming your, coming your way. I don't care. You can come on the phone at me and tell me I'm out of order. I'll tell him a few things. It was a shocker. You've got to eliminate that kind of challenge because players need to be given more respect than that. There was complete scant disregard for Turnbull's safety. Not on. Yeah, but if you but you have the way to, to eradicate that is to deal with it at the time via the officials. I mean, the fourth official, I'm saying, they must get the rota out and say, oh, I'm fourth official this game is Sunday. Oh, that's practically a day off for me. Do you know what I mean? It's barely worth, barely worth getting out of bed for it. They're not doing it. They're not doing anything. Get involved in the game. It's the best view of their instant then, then help your referee out. Referee will be the one that gets the hard time um, for the instant. But, I mean, come on, we've got plenty of officials that earn good, decent enough money. Let's just do it properly. Let's cut out these... We're not talking about razor-thin offsides and, and, and handballs and all these things that, that the VAR are trying to mop up. Unfortunately, we're still in the dark ages in Scotland. We don't have VAR. I mean, at least a year away from VAR. I mean, by that time, the rest of the world will have turbo, turbo VAR with nanobots making decisions right I and mean, we're still in the back Mate, of the dark ages people talk about VAR for Scottish football and it's just words and it's headlines you okay. and I know you and I know we don't have a financial infrastructure do you know they have it in some of the poorest leagues abroad South America has it in countries we're supposed to forward thinking uh, that's, that's a separate the VAR thing is a separate argument right that that instant at Tandice with that tackle should not have required VAR no, but let's three guys doing their job. What I'm saying is, let's stop talking about it because the practicalities and the finance at the moment are too great for certain clubs. It's utter nonsense. Can you imagine going to Livingston and VAR being implemented? Speak to Davey Martindale about the cost required and who's going to who's going to pay for it. Well, Scott hasn't got joined it. Hasn't got any. Well, kind of, actually, well, actually, Davey Martindale has not been happy in the last week with decisions made against his team. Right, rightly so. A couple of shockers in the last week alone. Right. Uh, so if Livingston finish a goal or a point outside of safety and they go down, it's a hell of a lot more expensive than the hundred grand a year for VAR. So what do they want? Do they want to get decisions right and make sure that's the, uh, the the league is a proper reflection of the season, or do they want to just save that hundred grand and and spend it on half a dozen players that might make it any good? It's like the same decision. They can't moan. If they don't want to pay the money for VAR, then don't moan about it. Mac, there's certain clubs a hundred grand's too much. They don't have the money. They need help. That's not only pulling that figure out of the sky. It's a lot cheaper than that. You can do it. You can have VAR various levels and various... Uh, you can't do it for less than 100 grand unless you use your mobile phones. 
Whatever it takes. I feel like I should step in here as a referee, but um, one other name uh, from a Dundee United perspective that was trending on Twitter yesterday across Scotland for probably more positive reasons was Benjamin Segrist. So a lot of Celtic fans, I think, on social media, I'm particularly impressed by his his, um, his display. I think without him, um, you mentioned Mick, it could have easily doubled for Celtic. What do you guys think? Could he be a player that could play at a higher level? Yeah, I watched him yesterday and every time I see him, there's a calmness and assurance. He's big, makes himself big. His athleticism, his reactions, his touch went over the top that he shouldn't have got to. Uh, he's destined for bigger things and I think United know that. Enjoy him well, well we've got him. He can definitely go and perform wherever he wants to play. What do you think, Mike? Is that a potential backup for Celtic or is that doing him down a bit? Uh, I mean, I mean, he's a good goalkeeper. I think I think Scottish football the top flight. What do you know about keepers, Mike? Well, I was, going, I was waiting for this. Right? <laughs> Listen, they used to call they used to call me the wall, but um, I think it was the Berlin Wall, right enough. It was, it was, it was coming down. Um, I think he's decent. But I, think a, I, think, I think the Scottish world, there's a lot of decent keepers about. I mean, I think I mean, Craig Gordon is it jumps at an absolute mile, but uh, Alan McGregor, Joe Hart, um, Joe Lewis. Uh, Kelly, oh, oh, I mean the, the lad the Dundee as well. I think there's a, a good crop of goalkeepers in, in, in Scottish football at, at the moment, um, which means that my chances of a comeback are probably quite limited at 42. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20 stone. We, we, <laughs> what, what was the last game you actually played? Can you remind? Remind us about the last time you actually played. Was it Edinburgh? It might be when we, we, we won at Murrayfield. The football writers of the victory at Murrayfield, and I played my part in a, in a victory. Right, yeah. Okay. I played a part in keeping the score more respectful for the position. <laughs> <laughs> Fans still talk about that day with, with <laughs> a certain nostalgia. It's not very often you see a goalkeeper scoring two own goals. I think that's in the record books, that one. Um, obviously, yesterday, Celtic, the, you know, a couple of the fringe players come in with the previous game against Hearts. Ralston, Welsh and Jota all coming off injured um, I think it's fair to say they all stepped up but I think that's going to have to continue over the next month they've obviously got Rangers coming up they've got the League Cup final coming up it's, a, it's potentially a season defining month in many ways for Celtic It's funny Ralston coming out of the team you see Juranovic playing the right he's used to the balls far better mm-hmm. sophistication and a touch about him there's a kind of campaign for Anthony Ralston championing him because he charges up and down and puts the effort in Celtic are a better team without him with somebody that can be a better kind of technical player that can go and join in who plays at any areas who delivers how many assists has Juranovic uh, had this season Mike he's now playing in his proper position right so let's I know that you're part of the Andy Ralston don't decry him because he's got the Celtic at heart and he gives 100% Celtic need to step up a level they'll play against a team on Thursday night that get technical proper Players that, that, that get by on using the ball better. Celtic need that. Uh, no, I mean, I'm being facetious, but two Ralston's had a great season. I think he's about no, 10 no. assists and about four goals. It's not, not the assists this season as yet. We've got a goal, a couple of goals from penalty kicks. Um, a free kick. I thought he was good. I thought I thought Juranovic was good on the right side on, on, on Sunday. Um, Greg Taylor coming back is a, is a good balance to the kind of side. Um, I actually think Granovic on that left side works for Celtic because it, it frees up uh, Jota to do what he does. Very, it's more, def- more, more kind of defensive role. Um, 
Uh, I think he was. I think he's strengths are that way. I don't think he's a, a rampaging fullback, Juranovic. I think he is neat on the ball. I know the Celtic fullbacks play in a certain way that that I don't particularly. I've always been on record of saying I don't particularly kind of like that that way of using fullbacks. Um, I think it leaves Celtic susceptible to cross balls, which I think you'll see. I think they've lost eight out of ten goals this season. They've been from crosses. Make up your minds from that one, what you will. Um, but I thought, yeah, Taylor coming back is a big bonus for, for Celtic. He is more attack-minded than that other, other, other flank. Yes. No, that's not true. That's not he's true. Not, plays the ball back the way to the sides and he's got a poor delivery. Greg Who? Taylor thought the answer for Celtic on the left-hand side. I'm not saying he's the answer, but I'm saying it plays a bit of balance and he is an attack-minded you know, fullback. I don't, Celtic. I don't think he's an attack-minded fullback. Um, but the fullbacks in this current setup aren't. They're attack minded, but they're not the, the traditional attack minded that the your your day parts of back when it was. I think, I think he's a player. He's, he's and, a typical um, player at Celtic at the moment. that's just desperate to get through games and get away with it. Is it a fullback? He's not losing games. He's fitness again. He's only his first game back. Yeah, um, unscathed. Um, and I think he's the same character. Mikey Johnson's another one who's having to build. Uh, a rebuild again after a, a horrific time of injuries in the last couple of years. Um, so it, it was good to see Mikey Johnson get a run out again. Uh, a mixed bag from him, I must admit. Some good, some not so good. Um, it's going to take a bit of time. It's undoubtedly there's talent there. Um, hard, big shoes to fill with, with, with Jota not being there, obviously. Um, you get James Forrest, who's still coming back from, from injury problems as well. Um we're told it's only a precaution him coming off at half time on Sunday. Maybe wait and see, but he is he is going to be getting wee knocks here and there on the way back. So that's that's a worry for Celtic as well. Um so there is there is Celtic are kind of I think sort of I think Chris Sutton in his column at the weekend was talking about Celtic hanging on to, to January. I think there is a bit of that as well because if Kyogo gets injured, all bets are off uh, for Celtic. Um Cal McGregor gets injured. We saw when McGregor and Kyogo at the time last time. Those two are the real ones that, that, that should be wrapped in bubble wrap and cotton wool and then putting a putting a, a steel vault during the week to make sure there's no there's no injuries on it, because they two are so vital to Celtic that it's actually frightening. Not not to do that, Mikey Johnson or, or talking down or whatever. You know, as you say, he's obviously a talented player, but do you not think Jota, if he doesn't fall into that bracket, he's very close to it, has been almost irreplaceable in the Celtic team. If he's not in the game in the team for the cup final and the Rangers game. I would suggest that it kind of it's, it's a massive blow to Celtic. I don't know what you yeah. Listen, Jota's come in and shown what real attacking flair and creativity and responsibility, uh, contributing goals, assists. Mikey Johnson's a downgrade on that. Mikey Johnson is at a pivotal time in his career. He's 22 now. Uh, some of it was very slack yesterday, I have to say. His final ball at times was really poor. I think if he's going to prove he's a Celtic player or a Motherwell player, the next couple of months will determine that. And football's a brutal game. You either deliver or don't. I don't think he has. I know he's had illness and injury, and but he looks brittle to me as well, which Jota doesn't. Jota brings a real drive. Uh, playing against Jota and you're setting up a team against Jota, you've got questions to try and solve. It's not the same with Mikey Johnson. He doesn't pose that kind of cutting edge, that kind of threat. Uh, I thought yesterday without Jota, that was a problem for Celtic. Mikey Johnson was okay. As Mick says, good and bad. But... Um, Jota without him if mixed right Kyogo they need to bring in players that can bring that and enhance the quality levels that's the point I'm making quality levels have to be brought brought up if Celtic want to get to where they want to want, 
want to be. And it looks like Mikey Johnson or Greg Taylor's of this world or Ralston's of this world solve that problem for them. Mick, you, you mentioned there obviously um, about Chris Sutton mentioned about getting to, to January and how Celtic are really kind of desperate for the window to open. How likely is it do you think Celtic that will do um, their business quickly? Because the Celtic board in the past, I know there's obviously been a big shake-up, but they've not always been one for doing their business quickly. No, I think they will. I think I think the manager has... If he's, if, I think there'll be deals that are done. I think we know about the the, the, the three deals in, in, from Japan that look, that look likely um, or strongly uh, likely. Um, I think you listen to the manager and he's emphasising on a weekly basis how important it is to get them done quick and get them in the door, get them in this, this winter break. They get them a chance to train with the team, get them set down because at the start of the season was so haphazard. I mean, guys came off planes straight on the ground to play games and all that stuff. It was It was... It was hectic, and it was. I don't think it was particularly enjoyable for the for the manager, because I think this time you'll you'll get the job done quite quickly in terms of what he wants and what he needs. Um, he won't get everything he wants. He won't get all the players he's after. Um, but it'll take it will take him three four windows to get to the squad he wants. That's just the way it, the way it goes. You don't get a luxury of, of giving that time at Celtic. And he knows that. Postecoglou knows that himself. Um, I think. I'm quite surprised they are where they are just now from where they came from at the start of the season. I didn't think they'd be four points behind you know, at this this stage. I think going to the, the game against Rangers in January the 2nd, within four points or even less, with a trophy in the cabinet, I think that's a magnificent start for, for Postacoglu, given the, the kind of the kind of shambolic nature of the summer. Um, and it's all game, it's game on for the new year, if that's the case. Because... Um, you think there's still improvement to make at Celtic. They don't have strength and depth. They are fragile. It can it can become very difficult very quickly if uh, if injuries and suspensions pile up. So it's it's interesting. Um, but it's, it's, he's 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 done well to get to this stage where they are. Not without a few good few bumps in the road, right enough. Uh, and I'm, I say I'm still to be convinced fully on some aspects of it. But you've got to say fair play at this point in time. Would you, agree, would you agree with that, Gordon? If you were the, the manager, you would take, you know, maybe January 1st being within four points, a trophy perhaps, and within swinging distance of Rangers? Yeah, everything Mick said there, I agree with. Uh, I also think that the communication element between him and the Celtic fans, the emotional kind of connect has almost been, it's rapid. Celtic fans have bought into him. Um, kissing the badge yesterday, he understands quickly how to ingratiate himself there. I think a trophy quickly cements that relationship, which is important because then everyone's moving forward together. There's no fracture the way it was last last season. The noise is, is kind of gone, that kind of discontent. It's evaporated because he's selling the fans something different. I think four points is nothing. I think Celtic are the better team. I think Rangers could probably have problems in January by losing players. And I think Celtic bolster themselves, strengthen themselves, rearm their uh, that kind of charge for the for the rest of the season and I think that will be decisive and just before I finish guys obviously before we do another Celtic podcast um, the game on Thursday night is the final Europa League game against Betis um, and obviously next weekend it's a home match on Sunday against Motherwell the Betis game it's obviously a dead rubber for both teams Betis won 1-0 at the new Camp at the weekend so they're up to third in La Liga we obviously know already they're no mugs but I mean, I don't even know how you approach that if you're Ange Postacoglu. The bench yesterday was so thin, so threadbare. Who do you play? Because you can't afford to lose any more key players. 
I mean, he's, he's got to chuck in a few of the fringe guys. I'd imagine you'll, you'll see the likes of kind of um, perhaps, I, mean, I think Greg Taylor could do in our game. So I think Scales might have to, Liam Scales might have to sit and wait for a chance again. Um, Mick Johnson needs game time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be allowing Cal McGregor when I need it. James McCarthy could do a game time. So I, I, I think he'll, he'll play. Um, I think I've mentioned before McGregor, Kyogo. Maybe a badder could do with some more game times been out the team in the last recent weeks and just been given a bit of a break after a hectic start. Um, Juranovic, get him out. Joe Hart, I'll take him out. Uh, I, I think I think I think I'll play two or three guys in need games and then do a raffle with Parkhead from the stands <laughs> because I genuinely think this game is in the way. It's, uh, it's this is the one fixture to for the, the pre-Christmas fixture list that he could well do without. Um, does he bring Barkas back? No. Remember no. him? Yeah, I don't, there's no point. There's no point. Um, Barkas has not got a future at Celtic, so there's no point. I think Scott Bain has is, is, is got a new contract signed and all that stuff. He's a long-term kind of backup. Um, yeah, as well, give him a game. Um, Joe Hart, can't put his suppers on the night off. Um, I, I think maybe Carl Starfield could do a game. He's been out for a while. Um, but... Um, Carter Vickers same again night in front of the telly for you big man um, I, I think genuinely this is, a, this is a cotton wool job for Celtic they can't afford to be risking any of their key men and so that means that mean, I mean I say Kyogo McGregor Carter Vickers Iranovic Joe Hart all of them lads order and adjust eat and watch telly no, 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 not needed this week <laughs> and the Europa Conference League Gordon the draw for that is uh, I think next Friday or this sorry this Friday how do you view that from a Celtic point of view? Do you want a big glamour draw? Do you view this as a chance to go far or is it a bit of an inconvenience? Yeah, listen, get, get a big name. Get a glamorous name. Um, it's not a competition that floats MG's boat. I don't think they're kidding themselves on, but if you can go and get, I don't know, a Tottenham. No. Great, great. It's a wee bit of novelty factor. I don't think MG's pinning their hopes in a European run in a league that's, again, people are start, still trying to find out about. Um, a big name, something to look forward to. A full house at Celtic Park. That's about it. Absolutely. Guys, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I've taken up far too much of your time as it is. Um, thanks very much for listening and we will be back next week. Cheers. Cheers.